Greetings, Team Ajulam. Karibuni sana tena. And so, we have been doing one of sermons, but today we are starting a new series. And this new series is called Faith in the Prison. Faith in the Prison. Now, the thing that is so exciting about this new series that we're just about to start is because in essence that is exactly what it's really talking about that what is it and how is it that we're able to have faith in the difficult seasons of life the thing about what most of us have been taught through the faith in christianity is that most times we're always talking about the you know god's gonna still he's gonna do this god's blessing god's gonna bless you and and god's gonna prosper you and god's gonna do this and that for you but then what happens when you're in a season that is difficult, when you're in a prison season, what is it and how is it that you're able to have faith in those seasons? And that's what we're going to be looking at um, over the next few weeks is faith in the prison. And what we're going to do is that we're going to look at certain characters who and look at their prison experiences to be able to see what it is that we can learn from them through those experiences that they have endured on account of their faith right this is not a very you know appealing part of the christianity right in terms of talking about faith in the prison because we all want to be blessed right we all want things to work out we all think we all want to be prosperous and, and and for everything to go well and to prosper and to be in good health but the thing is is that really how do we contend with the god who blesses us but also being the god who will take us through a difficult season how do we contend with a God who is, whose intended path for us, whose intended path for us is through a prison? In Mark 1, after Jesus is baptized, it says in verse 12 to 13, that at once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with wild animals and angels attended him. The thing that is so interesting is when you realize here that Jesus was sent into the wilderness to be tempted to be tempted that his intended path was through a wilderness this was his intended path that after his baptism he is sent into a wilderness now today i want us to start this series by looking at the life of joseph right a man whose intended path designed by god was through some very difficult places the prison he ended up in was literally the pathway of god's intended purpose for his life Right? Now, what I want you to do, as we, we do oftentimes, is I want you to be able to, at this moment in time, I want you to pause this video, and I want you to go and read Genesis 39. I want you to go and read Genesis 39. So, pause the video right now. Do not continue. Pause the video right now. Go and read Genesis 39, and then come back. Okay? All right. Go. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Now, this story of Joseph actually begins in Genesis 37, right? When the, the thing is that the Bible tells us a couple of things about Joseph in this chapter. This is now when we begin now learning about Joseph. One, the first thing that we learn about Joseph is that he's a favored, spoiled boy, right? He's a spoiled young man, right? And he, the reason why he's spoiled is because the Bible says that Jacob loved him more than all of his brothers, right? And so Jacob intentionally favored Joseph over all his other brothers. So this guy was actually spoiled. He was at this point in time before Benjamin had been born. 
he was now his young he was the, he was the last born born to Jacob in his old age and Jacob loved him more than all his brothers he was his dad's favorite right Jacob loved him so much that he would make special he made a special robe for him can you imagine after with all these brothers that he had that he then goes ahead and he makes this special special robe just for Joseph right a special gift for his favorite son we're also told that Joseph was a snitch. <laughs> in verse 2, we're told how he was tending his father's flock with his brothers and he went and snitched on his brothers to his dad on account of something that his brothers had done. And so these guys hated Joseph. Number one, they hated him because he was his dad's favorite, but they also hated him because the guy was a snitch, man. Right? He was a snitch. He was an op. <laughs> right? And this is the thing that we're told, that his brothers hated him so much for the above reasons. That one, he was a spoiled child and he was a snitch. Now, not only was he a snitch and a spoiled child, he was also a show-off. <laughs> right? It says from verse 5 how he had a dream and went to tell it to his brothers, which it says made them, it made them hate him even all the more than they did before. It says in verse 5 that... Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field, when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright, while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Joseph must have known his brothers did not like him. He must have known this. I mean, of course, because these guys, based on how it is that they, it says that they, they could not say a kind word to him. Right? So obviously Joseph knew one, he was his dad's favorite. He must have known that it's like, ah, me, my dad's favorite, and these guys don't even like me anyway. So even when he's coming to tell these guys this dream, he's like, listen to my dream, guys. Hmm? You guys were buying down to me, right? Um, so beyond him being spoiled, being a snitch, he added, you know, insult to injury by telling them about this dream of him, them buying down to him. Now, on a certain day, what happens is this, is that his father sends him to go and check on his brothers, right? I mean, he's the favorite son, and he's already shown himself to be a snitch. So he's the guy who the dad would go and send to be like, go and, go and check Nick and see what your brothers are doing. Make sure that, and give me a report. Come back and give me a report on how it is these guys are, are doing what it is that they're supposed to be doing, which is hiding the, uh, the, the, the father's um, uh, livestock, right? And so the thing that happens is that as Joseph is approaching his brothers, they begin to plot on how they would kill him, right? And as they're doing this, rather than um, killing him, they then instead decide, instead of killing him, let's sell him off as a slave, all right? And so what happens is this, is that literally his brothers sell him off as a slave, and they take this beautiful jacket that his father had made for him, and instead sprinkle the blood of a sheep, and then go to his dad and be like, yo, your son, I think the guy has been malizoed by some wild animals, right? And so the thing is, is that what happens to Joseph is that he's then taken as a slave into Egypt and sold into Potiphar's house, who was a senior official in Pharaoh's government. He was a captain. Uh, he was the bodyguard, yeah, chief bodyguard for Pharaoh. So he was a very senior guy um, in, in, in Pharaoh's government, the Potiphar. And this is the house that he ends up in, right? Now, while he's there, the Bible tells us, that the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything that he did, 
Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food that he ate. Now I can imagine how this must have felt for Joseph, right? Having been betrayed by his brothers and sold into slavery, right? But then because God was with him, he ends up getting a really good gig, right? Serving in Potiphar's house. And not only that, he gets promoted to being in charge of all the affairs in Potiphar's house. All this on account of the fact that God was with Joseph. God was with him, granting him success. And I can imagine for Joseph, he's like, man, these guys betrayed me. My brothers betrayed me. But here I am in Potiphar's house, a senior government official. And you know what? He's put me over all the affairs of his home. Man, you know, I thank God that things are finally working out. You know, what was meant for evil, God has turned around for good. Right? He's just like, whoo, now at least I can. I can make something of my life in this place, in Potiphar's house. Right? So for, for Joseph, this must have been a tremendous breakthrough for him, considering the amount of the, the, the betrayal he had suffered in the hands of his family. You know, in the NSB, NASB version, it says that the Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man. And this is what's happening now in Potiphar's house. He's becoming a successful man. Literally, Potiphar does not concern himself with anything other than the food that he eats because everything in his home, Joseph handled. And all this success was on account of God's presence in his life. And everything at this point in time appears to be going well for the most part. Right? What should have been a dire outcome turns out for good. Hallelujah. God has allowed him to be successful after being sold into slavery. And then it happens. The Bible tells us that Joseph was a very hot guy, right? He was handsome both in form and appearance, meaning that the guy was well-built and very handsome. Very good-looking dude, right? This was Joseph. And the thing is, is that because this guy was just such a banging dude, young, hot, Potiphar wants, Potiphar's wife now begins to start hitting on this guy. She's like, my guy, me, I want you to come in, sleep with me, right? And this is now Potiphar, now Potiphar's wife begins to now thirst. She begins to become thirsty over Joseph, very thirsty, right? So Joseph is just over here minding his business, doing the thing that he's just so happy to be doing, probably planning the future, thinking about how it is that he can now, you know, now that he's beginning to settle down, you know, he's a young dude, he can, you know, get like a babe, you know, he's starting to now, you know, anapangameshaake. But here is this Potiphar's wife. Right? Who is just bringing him trouble. And now the thing that happens is this. is because the thing is that because she cannot have him. Right? She, it says that she incessantly would consistently go to him to be like, yo man, sleep with me. Right? And now the thing is that because she cannot have him, she decides to frame him. She decides to frame him. Here is Joseph just minding his business. And here he is yet again treated unjustly. His brothers had just sold him off to slavery. He comes and finally things begin to start to look up. And then again, yet again, an unfortunate situation happens to him. He is treated unjustly and he's falsely accused 
of rape. He's falsely accused of rape. So what happens is this, is that Potiphar, obviously, understandably, is incredibly upset about this. He's incredibly upset about it and decides to send him to jail where the king's prisoners were confined. While Joseph is in prison, some two prisoners are brought in, Pharaoh's cupbearer and the chief baker. And what happens is that there's one day where, as Joseph is there, it says that Joseph has all this favor while he's in prison, that even while he's in prison, that he has favor, that God is with him while he's in prison. And while he's in prison, what happens is that the chief jailer makes Joseph, the guy who basically, just like Potiphar, runs all the affairs of the prison, right? Because he, God was with him and God had extended kindness to Joseph, even while he was still in prison, right? And so what happens is, is that while Joseph is in prison, these two guys come and they have a dream at some point. And what happens is that Joseph sees these guys in distress and he tells them, tell me what your dream is. Why is it that you guys are so distressed? They tell him, oh, you know, we had some dreams. He's like, ah, Joseph is like, ah. The dreams belong to, the interpretation belongs to God. Tell me your dreams and I'll interpret them for you. And so that's what happens. So Joseph helps them out and he offers to help them out and he interprets their dreams. And what the interpretation is is that the cup bearer is restored to his position while the chief baker is killed, right? And it is actually in this, uh, at, at this point in time, in this whole story, where we now actually begin to see and catch a glimpse of the frustration that Joseph was going through at that point in time. After being able to be sold into slavery, after getting into Potiphar's house, after being falsely accused, we now see him, we see a glimpse into his frustration, right? Where after interpreting the dream for the cupbearer and knowing that the cupbearer was going to be restored back into Pharaoh's service, he basically pleads with the cupbearer to help him to get out of jail. He says to him in chapter 40, and verse 14 to 15, where he says, keep in mind, keep me in mind when it goes well with you. And please do me a kindness by mentioning me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. For I was in fact kidnapped from the land of the Hebrews. And even here I have done nothing that they should have me put into the dungeon. But unfortunately, the thing that happens is that the cupbearer forgets about Joseph when he gets out. And it's only after two years that God gives Pharaoh a dream that he can't interpret. And that is when the cupbearer remembers. He remembers Joseph. And what happens is that Joseph is then brought before Pharaoh. And it is after this moment that he is released from prison. And not only is he released from prison, Joseph, is that he is also elevated to the position of prime minister of Egypt because of interpreting Pharaoh's dream. And in fact, later, Joseph is later reunited with his family and they live happily ever after. Right? Yay! Happy ending. This is such a great story. Right? What a great story. That, you know, great, great, great ending. Now, the thing about this story of Joseph is that for most of us, because we know how the story ends, we tend to minimize the details in between. Because we know that there is success at the end of this story. You read kind of like, the, you know, just read through it. Oh, yeah, prison, in Potiphar, eh, whatever. Then we are like, but he becomes prime minister. Yay! But the thing that we fail to understand, and not necessarily fail to understand, but some, one of the, some of the things that we tend to overlook is that the path 
to him accomplishing what God intended for him was through a prison. That the vision that he was so excited about when he was 17 years old, boasting in front of his brothers and his father, when he was 17 years, years old, excitedly talking about how they would be bowing down before him. That this, that vision would be accomplished. That the accomplishment of that vision was through the path of betrayal, false accusation, and ending up in prison. You know, the thing about this story, it is exciting until you, like Joseph, are in your prison season. Now that's when it gets the, like, hey, this story becomes real. You know, as many of you probably know just from watching Adulam, is that, um, and listening to my sermons, you've probably been able to get the fact that I had someone who was just there, like, send a message on our WhatsApp channel, just being like, hey, pray for, pray for Thimba. <laughs> it seems the guy is just tough, tough season. And it has been. Over the past year and a half, it has been quite a, a difficult season since uh, the pandemic hit. Um, and, you know, the thing is that, you know, before the pandemic hit, you know, I was running a growing and thriving business, right? And, you know, every step that we had made up until that point, every success that had, we had accomplished, everything that we had been able to do was literally on account of God's grace in my life. Like everything that, that I was able to accomplish during that time, that just like Joseph, my successes were literally on account of God's presence in my life, period. Like, this is the thing. This was the, you know, the, the nav him navigating, him leading, him instructing, him showing us which way we ought to go. This was all literally on account of God's presence. Directing us, leading us, showing us the way in which we ought to go. And then in one day, everything changed. It felt like going from Potiphar's house into the prison. Suddenly, everything has changed. Not because of any decision that you have made, not because of any mistake that you have done. It's just something that has happened. Right? And the thing is that, as unfortunate, is that literally this, this business where God is navigating, leading, instructing, showing you the way in which you ought to go, was literally one of the first industries to be affected by the pandemic. Right? God knew all through those years that he was leading me and guiding me that there was a pandemic that was coming in 2020. And he still led me down that path. This was still the path that he led me down. And I remember about three months into the pandemic, in, 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 in all kinds of distress, right? I remember reading the story of Joseph. And one thing that stood out to me first was I could not wrap my mind around the fact that the process that God had him go through was a prison. Like, I remember just thinking about that. And, and, and I'd read this story so many times, so many times, but for some reason. And I think it is because of the, the place that I was in at that moment in time. Like, my mind, I was just like, I cannot believe that the journey and the part of the process that God had purposed for Joseph to walk through was through a prison. So that number one was just like completely like, I couldn't even, I could not fathom that thought, right? And not only that, 
Not only that, you know, I could visualize as I was reading that story for the first time ever, like I'd never seen this before. I'd never quite noticed it. That I could visualize that moment when the cupbearer and the chief baker had their dreams, where Joseph has been in prison and these guys have their dreams, right? These officials that, that Pharaoh had sent into prison. And when they have their dreams, where Joseph knows that the cupbearer is going to be restored and the chief baker is going to die. And he comes and he says to the cupbearer, my guy, please help me out. I've shown you such kindness. Please show me kindness and help me out. Go talk to Pharaoh when you, when you, when you come out, right? And I'm sure at that moment in time, I can imagine for Joseph, he must have at that moment in time felt, man, my breakthrough has come. This cupbearer, the dream that he had, I interpreted it. The guy is going to, to, to be restored back to his position. He's going to go and talk to Pharaoh for me. Like, whew, finally, you know, this thing is about to, this thing is about to come to an end. This nightmare that I have lived in for all these years here being in jail for something that I did not even do. I'm soon going to get out of prison. But the Bible says so clearly, so that you don't misunderstand, <laughs> It's, it's, it's like, it's like very clear. I don't, the scriptures do not want you to misunderstand this. That it says that it wasn't until the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream. It doesn't even say the end of two years. It says, it just so that, just for emphasis, <laughs> to understand how long it was. At the end of two full years. Two full years since that moment of hope. Two full years. And I remember when I read that. I remember when I read that. This is now three months into the pandemic. God saying to me, Thimba, will you still worship me if I have you in this situation for two years? My friends, let me tell you something. I remember when God said that to me. Where at that moment in time, we're three months into this pandemic, I am praying and believing God. We're praying and we're fasting. We have um, called all my faith friends, you know, pray that God will make a way and be all like, you know, God will part, the God who parts the Red Sea, you know, God will make a way. Hmm? In fact, the song that at that time was, Way make miracle work, promise keep light in the darkness. My God, he had just crying, just being like, Lord, you can make a way. And then here is God asking me this question. And I have to be honest with you guys. I could not process that question at that time. I could not. I genuinely could not fathom, let alone imagine, being in this situation longer than what I had really experienced to that point. In fact, in me, I was just like, I think maybe I have like two weeks. <laughs> I have two weeks left in this lord you gotta make a way and here is god saying two years and i remember when i read this i could imagine what it must have been like for joseph when the bible says that for two full years he was still there he was still in his prison in the prison I remember refusing to think about it. I just could not. And the thing is, is that now, a year and some months in after that moment, where not much has changed, 
And it genuinely blows my mind, even now to think, that I've been able to live through this season, all this time. Not knowing how much longer, anyway, this thing would go on, but continually reflecting on the thing that God said to me on that day. So I need you to understand that even as I preach this message, I'm not preaching from the palace. <laughs> We're preaching this message from the prison. Faith in the prison. And the question is this. When you look at this story of Joseph, what is it that we can learn about faith in the prison? What is it that we can take out? And there's just three things that I want to share with you. Three highlights that stand out to me from this story. Number one, that God with you means that you are favored regardless of the situation that you're in. The thing that we see from this story is that God was with Joseph, which meant that he was always under God's favor. The, the favor that Joseph had when he was a young man from his father, which got him in trouble, was the same favor that he had when his brothers were plotting to kill him and instead decided to spare his life and decided to sell him into slavery. It was the same favor that had him be purchased, not just by anyone, but by a senior official in Pharaoh's government. It was that same favor that made him prosper while he was in Potiphar's house. It was that same favor, that exact same favor that ensured that he wasn't just sent into any prison, but where the king's prisoners are kept. It was the same favor that ensured that while he was in prison, that he was treated with kindness. It was that same favor that also led to him becoming prime minister of Egypt. And it was that very same favor that led him to being reconciled to his family. God's favor was with him throughout, not just in the visible blessings. God's favor was with him everywhere he went, why? Because God was with him. Because the thing is this, when you have God, you have favor. And the thing that's so interesting is that prison favor doesn't manifest itself like palace favor. Palace favor is one of abundance. Palace favor is where you can pay for your rent for a whole year. But prison favor is where you are three months behind on rent. And the landlord shows kindness to you and doesn't evict you from your home. All of it is favor. Palace favor is where you can walk into the supermarket and buy whatever you want without looking at the price. Prison favor is where you walk into the supermarket and you have just enough for what you need for that day. The point is this, whether it is palace favor or prison favor it is all favor from the Lord because he is with you because he is with you God is all that you need in any season that you are in whether you are in the palace or in the prison God's presence is what sustains you God's presence is what reigns
And the thing that is important is to understand that even when you are in your prison season, that it is important to remember that even in that place, you are highly favored. It is especially difficult to be in a difficult season and consider yourself favored. But you are. When you have placed your faith in him, you are favored in whatever season, whether you're in the palace or the prison. And so every morning, regardless of whatever season you are in in your life, you need to remind yourself that you are favored. That you are favored. Because you have put your faith in Christ Jesus, you are favored in whatever season you are in. That even in the prison, that his favor was not only, the Bible says, in the Potiphar's house, but even in the prison, that God said that God was with him and that he extended his kindness towards him. He is within the dungeon, but God's favor is with him in that place. The second thing is this, is that God's timing is God's timing. <laughs> God's timing is God's timing. Allow me to explain this. One of the things that we are constantly told in the scriptures is, and is also one of the hardest things to do, one of the hardest things to do is to, waiting, is to wait on the Lord. Waiting is hard. Waiting is hard. Joseph, Joseph at the time, when he interprets the cupbearer's dream, must have thought, ah man, this was his time. And he implores this guy, he's like, my guy, please, please go and get me out of this place. Get me out of this place. But it says two full years had to pass before his breakthrough came. And when it did, it was extravagant. Waiting on the Lord is incredibly difficult because there are no timelines. All we are asked to do is to be patient. And the thing about this is this, is that this has literally really changed my mindset in regards to whatever season that you're in, and especially in the prison season. Because what, you, what, what I do now in, in, in the season that I'm in is that in as much as I do not cease asking for help to get out of the situation that I'm in, I also think of Joseph and I will say to the Lord that if it is your desire for me to be in this place to endure this a little bit longer, Father, give me the strength to do it. Give me the strength to continue to be patient. Give me the strength to continue to endure. Give me the strength to be able to just carry on. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 40 from verse 29 to 31 that he gives strength to the weary and he increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. God knows that your patience will run out. That's why he says even young men will grow weary. Even those who have this, you know, you know that guy is so strong. Even that guy in a prison season <laughs> will get tired. And he knows that his path will sometimes make us tired and weary. He knows this. He knows this. That even those who are strong in the faith, even the champions will grow weak. This is why he says to us, when you do get tired, when you do get weary, 
come to me and I will give you strength. He did this for Elijah when he got weak. He did this for David. He did this for Jesus. He does this time and time again and he will do it for you. My friends, the journey of faith sometimes gets tiring and especially in prison seasons. Especially when you're in your prison season, it gets tiring. The appointed time may not yet come, but I can assure you of this, that he will give you strength when you are weak. He will give you strength when you are weary. He will give it to you. I have seen it time and time again with myself and others, where God will give you strength when you are weak and weary. Even if it's just for that day, he will give you the strength for that day. He will give you what you need for that day. Strength to remain patient. Strength to keep pushing forward. Because God's timing is God's timing. And in the in-between, he will give you the strength to wait. If someone had told me <laughs> that month three, that a year later, I would still be here hoping, <laughs> believing, I would have been like, that's impossible. It's not possible. Never. <laughs> How is that? But the thing that I have learned is that in this season, patience has been my miracle. Divine patience. Divine strength. Patience that I have asked for and I have received. Strength that I have asked for and I have received. God is faithful. And when the time is right, God will fulfill the dreams that he has given to you. It will be extravagant because that's just how God rules. God will heal all the trauma. He will heal all the disappointments and everything in between. It says in Genesis 41 verse 51 that Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, It is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. The second son he named Ephraim and said, It is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. God's timing is God's timing. God heals, God restores. But in that season, in your prison season, he will give you strength and he will give you patience. All you have to do is ask for it. Which leads me to my third and final point. Is that Joseph never lost his faith in God. You know, at face value, when you look at this whole story of Joseph, before you even see the whole part of the breakthrough, Joseph had every reason to be bitter and angry with God. Being sold into slavery by his brothers, being falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, being put in prison for years for, for, for nothing. I mean, as a person for whom God is with, why would he be here experiencing so much misfortune? He's like, my guy, <laughs> yeah, I thought you were with me. But not once do we see any anger or bitterness towards God. In fact, this guy stayed diligent serving God wherever he was placed. Even while in prison, he was serving. He was serving. It says that when he saw the cupbearer and the chief baker, when he saw that they were troubled, Joseph wasn't like this bitter guy, bitter from all the things that he had experienced. He literally had compassion towards them. It says in Genesis 14 verse 6, it says that when Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. 
So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house, why do you look so sad today? This is a guy who has been through so much and he's still here serving, still here concerned about others, concerned about their well-being, concerned. He's not a guy who is sitting around just bitter, bitter and angry. But he's concerned about what's going on with these guys. He could have easily stayed wallowing in bitterness and anger. But here he is helping his fellow inmates. And in as much as the cupbearer forgot about Joseph, the thing that is so interesting, that it is actually because of this interaction that Joseph had, this concern that Joseph had for them, it was because of this interaction that he has with this cupbearer that causes this cupbearer to remember him two years ahead where he remembers Joseph because of the compassion that Joseph showed to him two years before while they were in prison together. This journey should have broken him, but it did not. It strengthened him to the extent that even later, he was literally able to forgive his brothers who sold him into slavery. In Genesis 15 verse 20, Joseph says to his brothers, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. I mean, this is such an incredible statement, such an incredible perspective, because it's exactly, it's so interesting, because this is exactly what happened to Jesus. The enemy came with all manner of false accusations against Jesus, thinking that through this, Jesus' ministry would lose its impact. But the reality is that the journey of him walking to the cross that journey that was meant to harm him was actually intended for good to accomplish what is now being done and seen, the saving of many lives. The reason why all of us are able and can say that we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb is because Jesus walked down that path willingly, walked down the path of persecution. What was meant for evil, God intended for good. What the enemy meant for evil, God intended it for good. And this story of Joseph remains true for all of us who have put our faith in him. What appears to be a hope, hopeless and harmful situation will be for your good and save many lives. The journey through the prisons, the prison seasons, will serve to save many lives. You know, there are many times you're not able to understand, to understand God's way. Many times. Me, I, there are many times just like, me, I don't understand. About the whole process, the journey, the things, the processes that God will take you through, to me, are just sometimes just like, I don't understand. But the thing that we can place confidence in, though we may not understand his process, we can have confidence in his heart god is love he will never take you through a prison season in vain let me tell you my friends there's very few things that i can come here and say with complete confidence that god will never do you know like just like i know god will never sin you know things that they there's not because it's just like there's so many things that just like for god all things are possible but i can tell you one thing that god will never do God will never take his child through a prison season in vain. Never.
God will never do it. He has never shown himself and revealed himself to be that guy. Though we may not understand his process, we can put our confidence in his heart that nothing is ever in vain in his hands. My friends, today, especially this message, this whole series is speaking to those who are in their prison season. And even for those who maybe you're in the palace, but every child who is approved by God will go through a prison season, a wilderness. Whether it's a wilderness or a prison season of grief, a prison season of, 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 of difficulty, a prison season of, of, of whatever it is, this is the reality that it will happen. It's something that all of his children will have to go through. But my point is this, is that for you who is in your prison season, I want you to remember that you have come too far to give up. That you have too much history of God's goodness in your life to throw in the tower. If you're in your prison season, the truth is, is that it sucks. It's tiring. But I want to tell you that even in this place, God is good and his favor is with you. And when the time is right, it will all make sense. why this journey led you through this season. And so today what I want to do is that I want to pray for those who are in their prison season. I want to pray in the same way that Jesus prayed for Peter in Luke 22 where he, where he tells Peter that he would betray him three times. And of course Peter denies this. But in Luke 22 and verse 32, Jesus says to Peter, I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And he says to him, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Strengthen your brothers. His denial of Jesus was not in vain. And that Jesus prayed for him, that he, his faith would not fail. And that later he would strengthen his brothers. I want to pray that your faith will not fail in this season. Because when you are done going through it, I pray that whatever it is that this season has worked in you, that you will serve as a testimony that will strengthen many others. Many others. And one of the things before I pray, I want to just say quickly, is that if at any point you who is listening, you feel weak, you feel tired, you feel weary, I want to encourage you, reach out to us on our WhatsApp channel and I promise you, someone will pray for you. We will pray with you. Just reach out if you're just like, you wake up and you're just like, man, this is just so tough. Reach out to us and we will pray for you. We will pray with you. Just send us a message and we will pray with you. Amen. All right, allow me to pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. 
We thank you that you are the God of the mountains and the valleys. You're the God of the plains. You're the God of the palace and the prison. You're the God of every season. You're the God that has created every season. Father, I especially want to pray for those who are in their prison season. Many who have, are experiencing great turmoil, difficulty. Many who are tired and weary. And Father, I ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, would you strengthen them? Would you uplift them? Father, I ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that their faith would not fail, that what the enemy is whispering in their ears, telling them that they need to give up, trying to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Father, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would silence those voices, and I pray that you, O King of Heaven, would uplift them, Strengthen them. Strengthen them, Holy Father. Give them the strength that they need in this time, in this place. Grant them the patience to wait on you. Grant them the strength to trust in you. And may their faith never fail. For you are the author and perfecter of our faith. And so we look to you our King, our Lord, our strength, our refuge, and our fortress. For it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey guys, thank you so much for watching. Listen, if this message blessed you, please be sure to share it with someone whom you love. Share it with a friend, a colleague, anyone. And then also, listen, support us. Support this ministry so that we can be able to make more dope content and be able to spread this message of the kingdom to as many people as possible. And then, make sure that you subscribe. Sawa, subscribe. Subscribe, wherever the button, subscribe, subscribe. God bless you guys.